know, I just love, I love nature in general. And I think, I think part of it is since I did grow up in a more urban area, um, the times I am in nature, I just feel so much more grounded uh, with, with my friends, with everything. And, um, and for me, like seeing God's creation in that way, uh, it just, it fills me a lot with wonder of like how small we are and yet how big of a role we can play. Welcome to the Spirit is Lit podcast, a spirit-centered podcast. Join us each week for a conversation on faith, current events, and everything in between. Hey folks, and welcome to the podcast. Um, This week we've got a great guest. His name is Andrew Craig, um, and he actually just recently, uh, a few months ago, published a, a children's book called The Girl Who Saved the Stars. And kind of the underlying premise of this and what we talked about was basically, you know, care for God's creation. Um, and we talked a little bit about his story and kind of what inspired that. Um, so enjoy. Andrew, it's so good to see you and um, welcome to the podcast. The spirit is lit. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you asking me to, to join you all. And um, yeah, I'm excited. It's good to see you. Good to catch up too. So Andrew, could you tell um, folks a little bit, you know, uh, who is Andrew? Tell us a little bit about like who you are um, and how, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, name's Andrew. I grew up in the Bronx, New York originally. So spent, um, you know, all my childhood there, same apartment building, everything like that. And then uh, for college is when I moved up to Boston. So I went to Boston College for undergrad and for grad school. And um, I, I really liked it up here. You know, I, I think the city was a little too busy for me. And um, I like the feel of Boston, Massachusetts in general. So uh, stayed. And now I'm currently a campus minister and religion teacher at Notre Dame Cristo Rey High School, uh, which was yeah, it serves students in Lawrence, Massachusetts. So uh, a little bit more upstate, but uh, but it's been great. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about like, at least geographically, you know, where I come from. Uh, both my parents were teachers growing up. So I think I always was around the whole like education sphere. And um, I loved working with uh, helping like tutor kids or things like that. And so I think for college, I, I sort of geared myself more towards, you know, learning about education, uh, I was also an English major, so just like that idea of stories, uh, I've always loved that. And just like working with students to help, uh, I don't know, to help them figure out their own stories, uh, which is why high school right now is, I just love it because there's so much transition in high school, and uh, as I'm sure you know. And so it's just great to be able to, uh, to work with students, figure out, uh, help them figure things out, and just to listen, to walk with them. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. So speaking of um, stories, you just published this pretty recently, this book called uh, The Girl Who Saved the Stars. Um, before we uh, kind of, you know, dive deep into that, for folks who have not read it yet, um, yeah. could you kind of just give like a synopsis of, um, sure. you know, just the storyline of it? Yeah. So basic story premise is uh, main character is her name is Astray. Uh, so she is the girl and she, it starts out, she lives in a sort of small town neighborhood kind of thing. Um, every day, her family and her, they love, uh, every night, they love going and, and looking up at the stars. It's like one of their big family activities. And, uh, and soon things change when the town grows and grows into like a sort of small city. Uh, and it sort of goes from there, of like, you know, with the city, people who, who live in the city or have been in one might know this, but you can't really see the stars. Uh, there's a lot of light pollution. And um, 
So it starts out with her realizing like, we can't do this anymore. Where did the stars go? Um, and it takes a shift more towards the fictional fantastical when uh, she starts hearing the stars asking for her help, you know, and, uh, and it sort of goes from there. Like, what, what can she do? Uh, what can she, what difference can she really make uh, for these stars? So yeah, that's, that's a bit of the basis. And so then what was, um, what inspired this? What, yeah. Yeah, so a few things. Um, so as I said, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, and uh, I grew up on the seventh floor of an apartment building. We had a terrace so I could look out and uh, I, <laughs> you couldn't see many stars, like mostly helicopters, the moon and Orion's belt were like the, the big three. And that was like amazing to me. Um, but my dad, who grew up upstate New York, um, he loves astronomy. He loves stars. So uh, ever since I was a kid, I remember he you know, he'd drive us up a little bit out of the city and uh, at night, just like the few more stars you could see in constellations, he would point them out. He'd tell us, he'd tell us the difference between, you know, how can you tell what, what's a planet, what's a star? Um, I just had such fond memories of that as a kid. And so that was one of the basis of like, you know, what if this girl like sort of figures out a way of like how to help the stars come back? Um, and then another one just sort of similarly is, uh, I don't know, I just love, I love nature in general. And I think, I think part of it is since I did grow up in a more urban area, um, the times I am in nature, I just feel so much more grounded uh, with, with my friends, with everything. And, um, and for me, like seeing God's creation in that way, uh, it just, it fills me a lot with wonder, uh, like how small we are and yet how big of a role we can play. Um, so yeah, those are a couple, a couple of things that like helped to inspire. I think this story was like sort of, of a long time coming. So would it be um, kind of as you're speaking to, it's, it's kind of reminding me of like the, maybe I'm making connections. Um, would it be uh, too far to say that like you might almost uh, identify pretty strongly with, with the character astray in this and that, you know, you, um, you grew up in this big city um, you didn't see as many lights, but then you still have, you know, this love for nature. Um, and and uh, from what I'm hearing from like the storyline and, you know, uh, you know, that we, we, you know, we fall in love with these city lights, but at the same time, like there's, oh, there's bigger lights and like awesome sure. things within nature. Does that, would that, is that kind of true? Yeah. yeah, very much. I think I put a lot of myself in, in astray. I think I even put a lot of like my own inspirations for myself in astray because uh, as you might know, in this, there's one part, it's a pivotal point in the story where um, I don't want to give up. Estrade wants to tell people and then she starts to get in her head and, and the page is literally filled with all these doubts of like, what if this, what if I upset people? What if this, that, and the other? Um, and it, it sort of stops her on that journey to help. Uh, and for me, like, that's a huge thing. I, you know, in terms of like my inner voices and inner like anxieties and doubts, about what other people think. I, I think I sort of use that page to fill it with those. Uh, and in terms of like the aspiration, like I put that in a stray as well, where eventually, you know, she's pushed a little bit more to, to move beyond these and sort of like take that leap of faith and even pass the doubts and just go for it and put like others needs in front. So I, th I think you hit it on the head that you know, I put a lot of myself into a stray, but I think I also put a lot of, uh, <laughs> my goals and things I want to work on <laughs> into her as well. No, I, I can identify with that too. <laughs> would you say, I don't know, uh, yes or no, maybe. Uh, would you find there maybe even like a, 
an ex, uh, like an empowering uh, notion behind being able to like almost create this character that that uh, that can accomplish that can like overcome certain things and you know I'm uh, I'm human as well you know like uh, you know I have you know certain goals and certain fears and sometimes like certain goals don't get accomplished or whatever is there uh, was there a certain so you know uh, long question sure was there any sort of empowerment in creating this character um that uh like all the goals sort of came to fruition and gives kind of like inspiration yeah i think um i think in writing this story and it took about a year uh to go from like you know first ever draft thing to like more so completed to the thesis eventually um and i think over the course of that year i just felt more and more like empowered by her story it became her story I was just the one like putting it on paper, but like I became more and more inspired by it. And uh, I think that's, I think that's why I love, that's why I studied English. I think that's why I love writing stories and hearing other people's because uh, there's such a power in being able to put it on paper and create, everyone can do it, create these worlds and create these, these hopes for ourselves in a character. Um, And that in itself can like inspire, at least for me, inspire me to be like, okay, maybe I can do this. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, and as we talked a little bit about, but one of the themes in the book is, uh, this whole idea of like caring for creation, right? Caring for others. And, uh, for me, I'm much more, I don't always work up the courage to talk about these things, you know, especially when there are people who like might disagree or, or not agree, not think about it at all. Um, but in writing this and sort of sharing her story, I felt more empowered to just to share it myself uh, to say like, these are important things. Here's a story. Uh, take the meaning out of it as you will. Um, but this is a story I believe in. And this is a story that I think others can get behind. So I definitely found it empowering. Awesome. Yeah. I found it empowering just reading. Um, so was, was there um, in, in this whole journey from like, I guess the inception to, now was there um is there any moments that are sticking out to you that were most memorable um yeah i'd say i'd say two i think the first one is is that that like initial moment when i think it was oh man it was just like it was probably like 2 a.m i couldn't sleep you know they were like sleeping sites it was grad school you know and so um i think it was just like i was up and out in the middle of the night i just like couldn't fall asleep i was stressed all this stuff Um, but that's usually when my brain starts just like going through stuff. So I had this idea of this girl who loved the stars. And so I, I remember I just like sketched it out very basically on like a piece of paper that I had and then just like wrote out general notes on the paper. Um, and I think that sticks out to me just cause like looking back at that, which is now years ago. Um, and then looking at where it is now, it's just, it feels, I'm really grateful just for how far it's come. Um, and then the second one I would say would be, uh, since this started out as my grad school thesis, um, the day that I met with uh, Professor Colleen Griffith, who you know, um, she became my thesis advisor. She was the one who, you know, through her class, she sort of realized that I, I love creating and writing and drawing. And she was the one who encouraged me and said like, hey, Andrew, I think you should do the creative option for the thesis. Um, maybe it could be a story. And that's when I was already working on this. That's when I sort of was like, you know, (laughs) 
um, I'm working on this. What do you think? And just to, to see her support behind it and her encouragement, um, like unwavering filled me with so much confidence. Like I, I didn't even know that creative option existed. And for her to be like, you should do it. This story's really cool. Go for it. It, it helped push me along. So those are two big moments for me. So in, in all of this, how, um, how did, you know, spirituality play into all this? Um, did it, you know, by, did, did, did your spirituality influence this book and vice versa? Did writing this book, you know, influence your spirituality? Yeah, um, I definitely, I would agree it went both ways. Um, I think for me, I just see one, one realm that I see my faith through is the natural world. Um, whether it's like walking through, uh, walking through nature, um, seeing the world, wa- even watching like, you know, uh, planet Earth documentaries, things like that. Like, I find those awe inspiring. Uh, and so that's an area where I, I just, I see God's work and it's just, it's incredible. And I'm like inspired by it. And I forget, I think it's a prayer or someone wrote it, but this idea that, you know, God created these, this amazing universe. Uh, and like mountains and everything. Uh, But God also chose to create us. And it's just a very humbling thing that you look around and see such wondrous things. And then looking inwardly too, and knowing that, you know, you were chosen to be created right alongside all these wondrous things. So I think with that, um, nature's played a part. And so I saw this book as very much um, in a subtle way, not direct, not on the head saying like, you know, and then a stray met God. And he told her, I tried to be more subtle with it, but I, I think it was the underlying force for it too, of saying, you know, nature in itself is sacred. And because of that, we should protect it. Um, so I, I, that was one of the driving things, I think, for me. That's awesome. So, I mean, this is kind of an underlying component of our conversation already. Um, but at the end of the book, you have two sets of questions. One's focused on care for the planet and one's more geared towards spirituality. Um, I, I, you know, just to put the, the nail in the coffin and just ask the question like more as most straightforward as I can. Um, how do you see, uh, you know, we've already talked about this a little bit, but how do you see care for the planet connected to spirituality? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, Pope Francis mentions this a lot in Laudato Si. Um, there are others who, that I can't remember their names as much, but they mentioned this too, that there's this idea of. And Jesus says it like caring for the least of thy neighbors. And I use, I use this quote in my thesis and I can't remember who said it, but why shouldn't that the least of our neighbors include um, the animals that are going extinct, the earth itself, um, the world. And, and I remember reading that quote and just being like, oh. <laughs> um, and I think that sort of captures it is, uh, you know, that's how I see care for creation is as inextricably connected to our faith, my, my faith, my spirituality, that if I'm called to, to be Catholic or Christian, if I'm called to care for others, um, that involves caring for the earth and then connecting it more so to like a, a wide scale things with climate change that oftentimes the ones most hurt by climate change are those who are already in poverty, are already in low income areas, uh, already in in areas that are highly affected by the weather and the changing weather and so that's another way to bring it back to people anyway is that if not caring for the earth 
climate change continues and the ones feeling the brunt of it the most are already the ones who are hurting. Uh, so I, that, I think that's a lot how I see it. Awesome. So as I was reading this, uh, a piece that I think might feel free to say to note of this, but I thought would be um, uh, a point maybe even for like pastoral um, work, I guess. Uh, the story reminds me of just like a story of conversion um, in that, you know, uh, you have these people that fall in love with the city, um, but then they don't believe, you know, that it's ruining the, the stars and, you know, the environment, everything but they need to have this sort of conversion, which is very much Christian, uh, culturally Christian. Um, do you, uh, see this, uh, was this like a, I mean, I, I, this is something that I picked up, but I don't know if this was like intentional, um, within your writing of the story or not. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause I, I think this is what I love about stories in general is that like <laughs> in writing that I, I didn't make that connection at all. You know, I, I, I saw it, more so from like a literary lens of like her obstacle is convincing people. And so she has to do it. But from a spiritual lens, like I didn't even, you know, but I, I totally agree with you. And I love that reading of it. So thank you for bringing that up and for seeing it because uh, I think you're right that like a lot of the time, uh, at least in the story, um, you know, people fell in love with uh, the tech and the, and the lights and everything like that, uh, but sort of forgot the humanity behind it uh or the life that was involved and, and astray is sort of the one who even her like she forgot and it took uh a being and not necessarily human but like a living being in her face hurting for her to sort of like wake up and be like my actions are affecting someone else uh even if it's indirectly they're affecting them i need to do something and so her bringing the, that in front of everyone else's face uh, and sort of them realizing and, and getting behind her and being like, okay, how can we help? Uh, yeah, that, that totally, uh, I really like that reading. So thank you for sharing that with me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So after, I mean, after, uh, we've kind of delved into your book, I'm wondering, uh, and we've talked about themes of, you know, caring for the environment. I'm wondering, is there anyone you think, uh, you know, alive or dead um, within the history that has, you know, um, best lived out the values of, um, you know, this book is, you know, rooted in uh, uh, a Catholic lens. So I'm wondering if, uh, if, if there's anyone that you can think of who best lived out the values of, of Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, environmentally, too, you mean, right? Yeah. 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 Um, oh, man. You know, it's funny. Uh, Man, there, I, I know there are a ton of people. Um, I think one person, there are two people that come to mind for me. Uh, one of them is because, so I'm currently working, like I said, at, at uh, Chris, Notre Dame Christo Ray High School. It's run by the Sisters of Notre Dame de Nemer. And so uh, there is one who I, I'm learning about because the past couple of years working there, I'm just learning more about the sisters and what they've done. And uh, Sister Dorothy Stang, is someone who you might know her. I, it looks like you do. Um, so uh, I'm still learning about her, but she's someone who, you know, died fighting for the Amazon and this whole idea of like it, it having to be sustained and helping the locals with it. And um, she became very much a martyr for it. Uh, so she's someone who I almost immediately connect with that because her idea of caring for creation 
and then how how that creation helps care for people as well and her willing to risk her life for it you know i, I find her inspiring in that sense um and then someone else um was actually a high school teacher of mine um ms estrella who uh she was the science teacher and she she actually passed away uh about a year or two ago because of because of cancer but she she was awesome oh my gosh she so she taught ap physics uh so that was the one class i took with her and it was grueling and she took forensics and everything like that but she loved connecting science with faith and she would do it all the time in uh, in my high school classes and she would talk about like pascal and like just the way she would talk about uh how how interconnected uh physics and science and nature is with god i think really shaped me and how i see them interconnected and that is partly why um i think it was somewhat subconscious but as i continued writing the book like astray's character um her name astray astraya connecting to star um was super connected to her and, and even writing my thesis i mentioned her as well um as being almost like sort of like in honor of her uh this character because she just like she carried so much joy with her and uh yeah so I, those are two people i think who very much lived out uh very much lived out just the faith nice. yes yeah. yeah i was gonna ask as you're as you said uh australia it's like that sounds like that yeah. could be <laughs> that was my like not so subtle but somewhat subtle nod to like astray like cares for the stars um so yeah Nice. Awesome. Well, last question before we get into our fire round, Andrew, is um, right. <laughs> what would you uh, what would you hope people take uh, from reading this book? Um, I'd, I'd say a couple of things. Um, one is one relates to the content of the book and the other relates to more so like my journey writing it. Um, the first one relates to the content is just the importance of the importance of nature. Um, and, and even just family, so nature and family, and just how in the book, um, you know, Estray puts herself out there and really gains the self-confidence and is backed up eventually by her family. Um, so I'd love for people to gain this idea of, you know, how important nature is, um, but also how important family is in terms of like supporting you. And for kids reading this, maybe you're reading it with your family, maybe, you know, a parent or guardian chooses it and, and reads it with, their kids and it builds that sense of community. Um, this is connecting to it again, but it's gonna connect to the second one. But this idea of self-confidence, uh, I think it's something that a lot of kids now uh, have trouble with and deal with in terms of self-esteem, uh, anxiety, things, so many things like that, something I deal with. And I'm hoping Estray's character can really help offer a model, uh, almost like an aspirational model that at least for me too, of seeing someone who struggled with it, yes, but then was able to, to keep pushing forward with the support of her family. Um, so that's one hope that, that I, I hope comes from it. The other relates more so with like my journey writing this is that, you know, I'm, I'm currently a teacher now. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to write stories and, and put stories out there, whether that be like comics or animation or anything. Um, and this, this one was a long time coming and it took me a while to gain the confidence to first start writing it 
but secondly, even think about publishing it. Um, and eventually I felt grateful enough to find Barnes and Noble, which had a great uh, self-publishing outlet that you could formally do it and go through them and then it's on their website. Uh, and so I feel very grateful for finding that, but also having my own family support and friends support to encourage me to keep going. Because there were plenty of times that I was like, I, it's too much, like I can't do this. No one's gonna take it, no one's gonna look at it. Um, but then having my uh, Jackie, my current wife, my friends, my family, support me and be like, this is a cool story. Like you should share it. Um, that I think is the second thing I hope people take from it is the fact that everyone has a story to tell and it's, it's, it's valuable and it's just, it deserves to be heard. Um, so I hope people sort of get that from this as well. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, Andrew, fire round of questions. Here we come. Okay. Um, so answer these, you know, as, as quick as you can, we've got a few of them. So first question is, what is your favorite method of prayer right now? I would say music. I love music. And so whether it's, whether it's singing or putting on some, uh, I love uh, gospel, uh, R&B gospel. So I would say my current form of prayer, favorite prayer is just like singing slash listening to music and just like praying through that. Do you have a favorite artist? Um, ooh, right now I would say, um, What's her name? I just I just drew a picture of her. Uh, oh my gosh! Is it okay if I quickly look yeah, at yeah, yeah. Apple yeah. Music to get her name? I want to make sure. Oh I my don't gosh! <laughs> yeah, I, I it's sometimes it's even like as simple as like looking at a picture, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the name. Yeah, I can't believe that I can't. Um, or even like coming up with the first letter of the name, it's like, oh my gosh, that was it. Yeah, I knew I, it. Uh, Tori Kelly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah. Nice. Um, my wife literally just like popped in and was like, "Tori Kelly, um, Tori <laughs> Kelly." Um, I knew there was a T. Uh, her music is just—it's so filled. And uh, yeah, Tori Kelly, favorite artist right now, Tori Kelly. Nice. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> if you were a poet for a day, what would you do? Ooh, uh, I would say I would. <sighs> this is going back to sort of music, but um, you know how there's like World Youth Day. I would want to start like a world music day where everyone around the world, all Catholics, but honestly, all people of faith are encouraged to create music together and to like put out this music together and gain inspiration from it. Would you um, make it a, a requirement that Tori Kelly be there? I would, I would, I would write a letter and ask her to join. <laughs> and I would hope that she would. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Hopefully she would. All right. Final question is the most um, controversial, the most theological, the most philosophical. Um, how many licks does it take to get to the Ooh. center of a Tootsie Pop? You are, you are so right in saying that. Um, you know, this might be controversial, but so three is my favorite number. So I will say 3,333. Oh, that's, that's a first. Um, that's good. We've gotten um, three. We've gotten however many you want. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. It, that's sort of me going straying from the classic commercials uh, yeah. and just sort of going with, with my heart there. So, yeah. The classic commercial goes like one, a two, Ooh, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time, Andrew. It's good, yeah. good to see you. Good to hear from you. And uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much again for, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for doing this too. It sounds like an awesome podcast and everything. So yeah, thank you.
Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story, Andrew. And um, thanks for everyone listening. Have a good one. Take care. Peace. See ya. Before we end this podcast, I just wanted to mention, um, we didn't get a chance to mention it within the podcast, but if you are interested in Andrew's uh, children's book, it's a great read um, for myself as an adult or for a child, um, you can go ahead and find it uh, at barnesandnoble.com. If you just look up Barnes & Noble and uh, type in The Girl Who Saved the Stars, just do it in Google, wherever you want on the internet, the World Wide Web. Um, Anyway, just wanted to plug that for the book. Have a good one. Thanks. See you next week. Peace.